Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Thank you. Yeah, just a special announcement. Um, uh, In fact, we're doing it before the offering intentionally because it ties into that. Um, uh, You know, I have... A number of friends that pastor large churches and I believe in growing this church and we're we're doing all we can to see this congregation uh, grow past the 300 barrier and on to wherever God wants it to be but part of who we are as a church is launching other churches and so um, it's just exciting and this weekend especially of I've really seen kind of a momentum and a, a gathering of steam Friday night in Vandalia, our church uh, west of Three Rivers had the uh, Orphan Kings, which is a ministry of the worship arts, a youth uh, ministry, and I heard it was fantastic. And uh, Saturday, so that happened on Friday. Saturday afternoon, uh, we had a baptism. Uh, first person from the Vine uh, congregation to get baptized, Amanda, hallelujah, <clears throat> at, uh, out on the river, Kalamazoo River. And then Saturday night, we did divine service, which was really good, great teaching, good worship. And um, at, at, after service, someone else at Vine said that they wanted to get baptized. And so Wesley, actually, I don't think he's still here. He's here for service. He's going to get baptized. One o'clock this afternoon, if you want to join up, we're going to do it in the Kalamazoo River. Uh, we're going to meet at uh, the, the co-op, the food co-op, which is right next to McKenzie's downtown. You just walk across, and there's a little area there. It's a great place to get baptized. He wanted to get baptized in a river, so we're going to do it. So you're welcome to come and join and celebrate that, but just two baptisms in one weekend. Um, and then, of course, the service last night at, at, at Vine. This morning, we have two services here doing great. Vandalia just finished up there. They're probably eating their big big honking donuts right now down in the Vandalia Church, which is great. Our South Carolina church is doing fantastic. They have two uh, services on Sunday morning uh, as well. And um, so I just noticed that there's, there's like, this is great. Having multiple congregations facilitates more people being touched and more lives being transformed. And, and the big reason we do this, I'm, you know, I'm pastor over them, but the big reason we do this is it releases so many more people into ministry. So instead of just one preacher, one teacher, one worship team, we actually have uh, about 14 on our teaching team and so many people on the worship team. It creates opportunity for people to do the work of ministry, and I'm excited about that. And that ties into us. Kathy and I are going to London, England. Why don't you come up? Because they're going to pray for us. So we're going to London, England, because there is a couple. Many of you don't know Mike and Lucy Nunn, but... We've known them for uh, probably about 15 years. They were involved when we planted a church up in Grand Rapids. Uh, they were they actually moved to South Carolina to help with uh, the um, the Joneses when they planted the church. I explain it all in, in the article and the in the newsletter. But they weren't allowed to stay, and so they had to move back. And after years of trying to come here to help do a New Day Church, because they love New Day Church and they love how we do our, our values and our, our method of how we do church. Um, and they couldn't get immigration permission to come here. We just said, well, we'll equip you 
to start a New Day church in London, England. And so <clears throat> Kathy and I have the opportunity to go uh, next week. We're going to minister uh, at their church and just encourage them. And we just want you to understand that you're a part of it in two ways. One, be praying for us. And we're gonna, you're going to pray for us right here in just a minute. But also, would you consider donating a gift? Um, the South Carolina church is, is, the, is the London church's primary support. One of the reasons uh, the South Carolina church has done so well is that for the first two years, this congregation substantially financially supported that congregation and helped them get off their feet until they had enough people to where they could be financially self-sufficient. Well, they're now doing that for the London church. We uh, uh, don't give a, a monthly amount to the London church. We do occasionally. But this is our primary time. When, when Kathy and I visit, we always take a check and uh, this is your opportunity our travel is covered whatever you give toward this offering for the london church just by designating it on your envelope or online or at the kiosk every way we want to do that uh, we'll just give that full amount to them to bless them because it takes money to, to do church to rent meeting spaces to buy equipment to publish uh, and all that and so it's your opportunity to support us spiritually through prayer and financially by giving and so Dan would you just pray for Kathy and I would you all stretch your hands and join in prayer that we oh I wanted to read a scripture Paul said <coughs> dun, 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 dun. I'll back this up with some scripture Paul Paul writing to the church in Rome said for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And so Kathy and I, and we're representing you, are going to London that we can, that we can impart to the nuns and to the New Day, New Day London a spiritual gift. And along with that, we'll take a natural gift of, of the money. <laughs> their last name is none, yeah. yeah. Well, you said he said give to the nuns, and I wasn't sure if he actually said what their name was. So there you go. Yeah, they're not Catholic nuns. <laughs> they're, they're British nuns. <laughs> I get that. Okay. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for supplying us and giving us what we need to supply others. Father, to raise us up that we may raise others. Thank you, yes, Father, for the amen. growth you've shown this church. Thank you for letting us be a part of that, Lord. Father, first and foremost, we pray safety over Cameron and Kathy as their travels. Father, and we know how exciting it is to, to meet the founders of something and, and to, uh, you know, just to be so blessed by them showing up and showing their love and support. And Father, we just ask blessing on Cameron and Kathy in that way. But Father, we want the focus always, always, always to be on you and your love and spreading that love to others, Lord. And Father, we just pray that this anointing, that this, this outpouring start on the trip, Father, that everywhere they go, there's just something around them, something that draws and magnifies a humming, a feeling, a presence, Lord, that people feel in the airport, on the plane, everywhere they go, where they stay. And Father, we just ask that that just be a ripple, Lord, and just spread and spread and spread. Father, we thank you again. We pray for provision for this new church, Lord. And we just pray blessings and safety, honor and glory to you, Lord. Amen. 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 Amen.
awesome. Right, thanks, yeah, yeah. Could I have my notes, please? <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Just remember <laughs> when I'm on graphics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, connection card, also in that seat pocket in front of you. If you could pull that out and fill it out, please, oh, please, oh, please. We're not giving any money away right now, but pretend we are. Fill that thing out. We're giving much more prayer and support and connection and community. So please fill that out. If you're new, if you're visiting, if you've never done this, uh, fill it out. Don't put it in that basket like everybody else is doing, but take it to our little kiosk back here. We thank you for showing up. We want to be grateful and give you a gift. It's a nice one. I've tried to get it. They won't give it to me. <laughs> they recognize me. <laughs> so. I do. I don't know. So instead of Autumn Fest this year, this is not a new announcement, but it's important. Uh, we are focused on outreach of our neighborhood. Lots and lots of people here, and we are just going to be what's going on down the street, okay? It's just going to be fun and excitement and a place to want to stop and visit and have fun. So grab an invite to invite your friends. It's October 31st. Uh, volunteer to serve. There's still a lot of slots open for setup, takedown, hosting, you know, just being who we are. Uh, bring candy donations or giving. Uh, you know, today you can, you can designate something for that. You can bring candy and throw it in the big bucket out there. You can throw money in the bucket. You can throw money anywhere you want here. Just make sure it gets to where you want it to go. So more details are in the bulletin, all right? Uh, and this Friday at 6.30 is Worship Night at Vine, all right? And they're just growing. Now, are they going to continue the baptisms in the river all through the winter? I'm just wondering, so all right. So, <laughs> check the option box because we have better ways of doing that. Uh, okay, powerful times experiencing the Holy Spirit together. Uh, it's just, uh, worship is awesome. God shows up, so why don't you? So, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> don't miss joining us next week as Marilee Menser shares part three in our series, Walking in Authority. So if the ushers would come up, please. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are a loving God, that you're a fun God. Father, uh, thanks for taking care of us. Thanks for giving us peace where we don't know why there should be peace. Thanks for filling us with everything we need. Thanks for always being there and always being ours. So, Father, bless these tithes and offerings to your purpose under heaven. Amen. So, I reckon I'll call up Pastor Mark. <laughs> the incredible Pastor Mark. Thank you. I like the incredible. Yes. Amen. Amen. Spiritual cape. Awesome. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Oh, there's, that's more lively than we were first service. They were barely... Barely awake this morning, but you guys, I can sense the, the energy coming up here. This is great. So today, we are continuing our series on greater, called Greater Than, Choosing to Live Above Average. Right? In this, I'm, I've been looking forward to this series all year because this, um, the message that I'm preaching the, this morning has been something that has significantly and, and radically affected my life over the last five or six years. And so answering the, the question today, what is my purpose? 
you know, trying to figure that out is going to help us to step into this fullness of life that Jesus promises us, right? In John 10.10, 10, uh, Jesus says that the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly or life to the full. And as Christ followers, that is a promise for us that we can step into an above average life. And so in order for us to do that well, often we ask ourselves this question, right? What is my purpose? Has anybody else ever asked themselves, what is my purpose? A couple of people, you know, what am I here for? Why am I taking up space on this planet, right? And, you know, what is it that God created me to do? You know, how do I align myself with God's perfect will? I don't know if you've ever read through it in Romans 12, chapter, chapter 12, verse 1 or 2. It talks about walking in God's perfect will, and it's like, well, that feels intimidating. Like, what is this perfect will that God has for me? Right? Or we hear the, the promise of, of Jeremiah that says, that in, uh, he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord's says the Lord, there's just one, well, three and one. Anywho, there, um, I, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. And so that's a good promise, but then we start to go, well, how do I align myself with this great promise of God? And if I, if I mess up, am I out of God's will? You know, and it's a, it is a tricky question. And for me, about five or six years ago, and I was in my mid-30s, I really wrestled with this question. What is my purpose? What am I here for? And a couple of years ago, I was leading the youth group, and so I had a lot of opportunity to talk to, to young people, you know, in that, you know, that high school and moving on to college. And so many of them are asking this question, right? What is my purpose? What am I created to do? What has God called me to do? And it's really easy for us, whether you're in high school, in college, or you're in your 30s or 40s or beyond, right? It's so easy, it's so normal for us to try to find the answer to this question in our career, in our job, right? As, as a young person, you know, we try to answer this question, what is my purpose? You know, who am I supposed to marry? Who is the, the one person that I'm supposed to marry? Or what am I supposed to do with my extracurricular time, with my hobbies and my free time? What am I supposed to do? Right? And, and yet, as we pursue God's purpose as Christ followers, as we work to align ourselves with God's perfect plan, we can still feel dissatisfied. I know I have felt so dissatisfied at times, and there's just this sense that, have I missed it? If God has this perfect plan for me, if God has this perfect will, have I missed it somehow? Have I taken a wrong turn somewhere? And so we start to we, uh, convince ourselves that, yeah, God does have a perfect plan. It says so right there in Romans and elsewhere in the Bible. But if God has a perfect plan, I have taken too many wrong steps. I've taken too many wrong turns, and I, there's no way that I'm anywhere close to that anymore. And it can be a, a weight, and it can be painful and to feel like I've wasted my life. But... But what if I told you this morning that God doesn't care what you do? 
What, what if I told you, oh, put the rocks down. It's okay. It's so, God does not care what you do. Care, hold, stay with me. Don't, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> oh, well, that's not on my note. No, it is. It's right here. Um, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what you do for a job, right? He doesn't care who you marry. He doesn't care where you go to school. He doesn't care what city you live in. He doesn't care what you do for your hobbies, all right? Those things do not affect your purpose in this life. Now, let me make a, a note that God cares passionately about every aspect of your life. God is closer than a brother. He is, he, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is right there with me, right? And so God cares, and he is intimate, and, and yet, in a sense, as we're going to look at today, he doesn't care what you do as long as you are in alignment with him. Okay? And so the goal today, what we're looking for today, is to help you to experience some freedom in Christ. All right? Freedom from the pressure or the expectations that we have to make God happy through our choice of the right career or the right spouse or the right school or the right hobby. Right? I want to help us to, to walk in freedom from the pressure that we have to discern God's perfect and mysterious will. Right? And that we have to make sure that we don't miss any of the turns that God has called us to make. You know, I want to help us to walk in the freedom from feeling that if you don't do the right things at the right time, that you've wasted your life. And so that's the goal today. And what we're going to see, thank you, what we're going to see is that the Apostle Paul, he um, talks about this very subject with uh, the city of Colossae, all right? And so he uh, talks to them, uh, Colossae is a city that he's never been to, this guy by the name of Epaphras had uh, heard about Jesus and from, from Paul, and then he goes over to Classe and he starts this church. And so Paul is writing this letter to this little place of Classe. It's not a major metropolitan area. It's not on a major trade route. It's just a little place, and they're just doing church here, trying to follow Jesus. And Paul uh, writes to them and explains to them, this is how you know that you're in the will of God. This is how you live a life worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14 today. And often, we read this scripture incorrectly. All right? That's, that's Paul. And so often, we—I'm uh, going to read this scripture for you, and we can interpret it together, okay? For this reason— Chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of God of light. That's a good word. That's a good word. But so often, and I know f for myself, that I read this incorrectly for a long, long time. And it was about five or six years ago that God 
showed me how to rightly interpret this scripture. Praise God. And so often, what I did was I would read it like this. I'm going to give you the Mark five years ago translation, okay? We see it saying this. I am praying that God will magically reveal his will to you so that you can live a life worthy of the Lord. If you figure out what God's hidden, secret, mystical plan is, then you will be able to bear fruit, and then you will be able to grow in the knowledge of God. Then you will be strengthened with all power, and then you can give thanks to God for revealing his secret, perfect plan for you. Good luck. Right? Like, that is how I read it. It's like, God has this super secret plan. Like, God is kind of over here in the corner twirling his handlebar mustache saying, Hmm, good luck finding your perfect plan, Mark. You like that? (laughs) I see. That's not how God is. That's not... Here we go. All right, that's not, that's not what God's saying at all. That's not what Paul is saying in this scripture at all. But this is what Paul is saying, if we read it correctly. Paul is saying that he wants the Colossians to know God's will so that they can live a life worthy of the Lord. But this plan of God, this perfect will of God, is not some secret mystery that the Colossians or you and I have to discern or solve. Right? He says it right here. I want you to live a life worthy of the Lord, and here it is. Bear fruit in every good work. Grow in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, and giving joyful thanks to the Father. That's it. It's not a mystery. This is it. And from, in my life, I, about five or six years ago, this seems like a long time ago, I was working at Fox Brothers. Has anybody heard me talk about Fox Brothers before? <laughs> The concept. So this is the short version. All right, so I was working at Fox Brothers. I was miserable. I was unhappy, and I knew that God was calling me to something better. He said that I have a bigger plan. I have a bigger purpose for you, Mark. We're going to move along. And I was like, great, God. You just tell me what you want me to do, and I will do it. So I tried going to school. I tried doing some other things, but it seemed like all the doors were closing. I didn't know what to do, and so I decided to spend three, three and a half months Uh, seeking God, once a week, um, in the evening, after work, I would just shut myself in in my bedroom, and I would just seek God's face and ask him to show me what he wants me to do with my life. And I was pretty open. I was pretty open at this point. I was like, I will be a missionary. I will be a teacher. I will be uh, whatever. I don't, it doesn't matter. I'll do anything you want me to do. I will not sell vinyl siding, but God, I will do anything (laughs) that you want me, anything that you want me to do. And (laughs) selling vinyl siding is a very valid career choice, um, which we'll discover later. Um, So, and so I'm seeking God, and I'm just like, God, I will literally do whatever you want. Just tell me. And so I would see God, I was praying, and I was journaling, and it was really good. And God would say amazing things. He would say, Mark, I love you. Thank you so much, God. Mark, you're doing great. Keep up the good work. I'm proud of you. And, And all these really great, encouraging things. I'm like, okay, God, thank you very much. But you understand what we're here for, right? Like, you understand that I'm setting this time aside for a specific question, okay? Would you just tell me what you want me to do? Nothing. 
oh, that's irritating. Okay, you know, and so I'm just like, God, just send me an email. It would be so easy, right? Just, you know, just send me an email, a vision, an angel, anything. I'll do whatever you want. And I clearly remember at the end of this three months waiting, and I was a little bit frustrated. I'm like, ah, I just don't know what to do. I know there's something else for me. And I felt God clearly say, Mark, I don't care what you do. I just want to be part of the process. That blew me away. I was like, what do you mean you don't care what I do? Like, that doesn't even, that doesn't compute with me. Like, you have a perfect plan for me. I can sense that you're calling me out of the Egypt of Fox Brothers. You're calling me to something much, much greater. How can you say you don't care what I do? And this shifted my whole understanding of what I was supposed to do with my life. I realized that there wasn't one perfect plan, that God had laid out this perfect path that I had to make sure I didn't step on any of the booby traps, right? That, but that God was saying, you can do whatever you want. Just invite me along with you, and we can do it. Yeah. It was so freeing. It was so amazing. It made me realize that oh, I'm just going to, what is it that the passions and the, the desires that God has put in my heart, what do I want to pursue? Where do I want to go? You know, and so in conversations with Cameron and Scott Jones and some, some other people that have spoken so powerfully into my life, I realized that I want to be, I want to be a pastor. You know, I want to, to, to help the church and, and serve the, the local church. And God was like, great, let's do it. But I truly feel that if I was like, you know, I, I love people and I want to be, be a counselor and, and I want to, you know, help people in that way, God would have said, great, let's do it. Or if I said, you know what, I want to, you know, I really want to continue selling vinyl siding and, and help people to, to build houses and live in a nice place, he would have said, that's great, let's do it. Amen. And that is the thing. We make God's purpose and God's plan for us so incredibly complicated that it paralyzes us from actually doing anything. Has anybody ever heard of a Rube Goldberg machine? Everybody loves a Rube Goldberg machine. Can you play that clip for me? Super cool. Super cool Rube Goldberg machine. So uh, a Rube Goldberg machine, like we just saw, is this complex contraption, excuse me, that is designed to achieve a simple task. All right? And it, in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it is uh, described as an adjective as doing something simple in a very complicated way that is not necessary. <laughs> I'm like, that's good. That's exactly what my life looked like. You know, um, and so we, uh, so the purpose of this uh, machine was to turn a light on, right? And those guys could have easily just walked over and switched, switched the light on, right? And so God's purposes, God's plans that he lays out for us in, in Colossians is really simple. And yet we make it so complicated that we actually never even get the light switch turned on. So don't do that. And so today, we are just going to quickly 
look at the four characteristics that Paul shows in Colossians of what a life worthy of the Lord looks like. All right, we're going to look at how we know that we are in the knowledge of God's will. That way he was praying that everybody would be filled with the knowledge of God's will so that they could live a life worthy of the Lord. And there's four things that we're going to look at today. The first one, can you go to the next slide, four for four? Thank you. There it is. The first one, the first characteristic of a person who is filled with the knowledge of God's will and is living a life worthy of the Lord is bearing fruit in every good work. Right? So good. And I think that most of us maybe take, get, we over-spiritualize this. Right? We think that bearing fruit means, you know, we're making disciples and we're, uh, you know, getting people saved and we're spending a bunch of time in worship or our prayer life is really good. And all those things are really good, but it's not what Paul's talking about. Paul is talking about something a lot more maybe mundane, maybe a lot more normal. Bearing fruit, it's this callback to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, where God has created Adam and Eve, and he's blessing them, and he says this to them. He says, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Okay, and so we see that this is the first instruction that God gives to humanity, that they are supposed to be fruitful, all right? And this is not just talking about making babies, all right? That, I think that might be covered in the increase and multiply part, right? But this, this, uh, <laughs> it's good. That's a good thing to do as well. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being fruitful, right, is, um, is this um, a God-given uh, cultural mandate for us to have dominion over the, over the earth, right? To create culture, for us to build a society that is beneficial to all of humanity and that glorifies God as we reflect his image in the work that we are doing, all right? So good. And this work for Adam, and when, when God tells Adam to go and bear fruit, this includes farming. And this includes raising kids and creating communities and creating government and creating art, taking care of poor people, right? Doing carpentry, exploring the world, you know, learning all about God's creation, and on and on and on. Right? And so God was saying to Adam and Eve, he's like saying, go and, and live and create in this world. Enjoy all that I have made. He's telling them that there is no occupation, there is no hobby that is off limits. As long as you are bearing fruit, as long as you are being a blessing to your community, as you are being a blessing to your society. Right? And so whatever we do, Whatever we do, if we are benefiting society, if we are helping those around us, we are bearing fruit, and it is a God-approved reason or a, a purpose for your life. So good. So when I was selling vinyl siding, bearing fruit, helping people live in nice houses. When I'm pastoring the church, I'm bearing fruit, helping people grow in their knowledge of God or whatever. Whatever it is that I do. All right? <laughs> Change light bulbs. That's... That's good. And so, and so if we are benefiting people, then we are fulfilling God's purpose for our life. Now, now this takes out, you can't really be a mobster, because that, you're, you can't be a drug dealer, can't be a porn peddler, because those are destructive. 
right? Those are, they're not helping culture at all. But if you are doing something with your life, if you're a teacher and you're teaching people, if you are, you know, a, what do they call it, a garbage man, you're taking people's garbage away, like all those things are bearing fruit in people's lives. It is fulfilling God's purpose for your life. That's the first characteristic. The second characteristic of a person who is filled with the knowledge of God and is living a life worthy of the Lord, is growing in the knowledge of God. God wants to know you. God wants you to know him. He wants you to be in an ever-increasing relationship with him. And so this one is pretty straightforward. You know, that we have to ask ourselves, are we continuing to learn about the things of God? Are we continuing to grow in our relationship with God? Are we spending time in prayer? Are we spending time reading our Bibles? You know, are we spending the, the energy that it takes to continue to grow in our knowledge of God? In uh, the book of Hebrews, the author, he says this in uh, chapter 5, verse 11. He says, he, and so the author of Hebrews is talking about this really cool, the ministry of, of Jesus Christ and comparing it to Melchizedek, who is this character from the Old Testament that Abraham had encountered. And he's doing this really kind of thick comparison and it's really good stuff. But then the author of Hebrews says this. He says, there's much more that we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Jeez. Ouch. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Jeez. You know? Wow, that's harsh, right? But we are called as Christ followers to grow in the, in the knowledge of God. And, and it's amazing. We have been placed in this beautiful creation, and as we look at the 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 trees, or we look at the stars, or we look at the vastness of the ocean, it speaks to our spirits, right, about the amazingness of this creator God. Wow, it's so amazing, and we can learn that he is, must be powerful, and he must be transcendent, and he must be very smart, and we can learn certain things about God from just the natural revelation, but God wants us to know him better than that. He wants us to know how we can draw close to him, how we can live lives that are pleasing to him. And so he not only gives us general revelation in nature, but he gives us the special revelation of the Bible. And it shows us who God is. It shows us that he is a good, good father. And we wouldn't necessarily know that by just looking at the trees, right? We know that he's a pretty smart guy, but we don't know that he's our dad. But we are re that is revealed in the, in the scriptures, in, in the Bible. And so as we dig into the scriptures, we get to know him better and better and better. And as we get to know him, that transforms us, right? As we behold the image of God, we are transformed and we become more and more like Jesus. And as we become more and more like Jesus, we are better able to live the abundant and full life that he's promised for us. It's so good. And so the second characteristic of living a life, fulfilling God's purpose, living a life worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ, is continuing to grow in the knowledge of God. That is very small. 
I apologize. It's the right number, but it's the wrong font, so it made it small. Anywho, uh, it's a 30. <laughs> Cameron, it's a 30. It's a 30. All right. <laughs> Psalm 19. That's what it is. It's Psalm 19. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Right? And so not only is, does the word show us how we can approach God and we can know who he is, but we get these amazing benefits. It refreshes our soul. Right? It makes us wise. It gives us joy. And it gives light to our eyes. It helps us to see the big picture so that we can stay on the path. So good. I want those things. And so if you are continuing to grow in the knowledge of God, oh my, we are going to, moving along. It's good to look at the clock periodically. Um, all right, so that's the second characteristic. The third characteristic of a person who is filled with the knowledge of God's will and is living a life worthy of the Lord is being strengthened with all power. Being strengthened with all power, Paul says, according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. As Christians, as people who are following Christ, we are called to endure. We are called to persevere, right? And Jesus told us that we would have difficulty in this life, right? We want to believe that if I start to follow Jesus, right, everything is going to be great, and the, the paths are all going to straighten out, and the mountains are going to drop, and the valleys are going to raise up, and boom, I'm going to get the job, and I'm going to get the girl, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and life is great. hoot de doo right? But... Hoot-de-doo, that was not in my notes. Um, so, but the reality is that Jesus said that you are going to be persecuted. You are going to endure troubles, right? And so to be living a life that is worthy of God means that we have to per persevere, that we need to endure whatever those things are that are coming against us, right? Anything that's coming against us doesn't mean that we have stepped outside of God's will, Right, that we have somehow turned right when God was telling us to turn left. Now, if we are being persecuted, it probably means that we are in God's will. Right. And that we can be strengthened to endure. And this is, the third principle is the only one of the, the four principles that Paul gives us that is a, is a passive verb. All right? It's not something that we do. Right? We go and bear fruit. We go and grow in the knowledge of God. And we give thanks, which is the next one. But this one is that we are called to be strengthened with all strength. We are called to be empowered with all power. And so as we are facing difficulty, as we are facing these things that may be coming against us, we can say, God, would you come and strengthen me with your power? God, would you come and fill me up so that I can endure? And as we endure, we are fulfilling God's purpose for our life by holding tight to Jesus. The fourth characteristic of a person who is filled with the knowledge of God's will and is living a life worthy of the Lord is giving joyful thanks to the Father. In everything we do, oops, I missed one. Here. In everything we do, we are supposed to give thanks to God the Father. 
We need to remind ourselves, and by giving thanks, we remember that every good gift comes from above. That God is the one who allows us to, every breath that we breathe, right? He is the one who allows us to be in this church family. He's the one who allows all the good things that we have in our lives. I, I was saw on Facebook uh, one of those little meme things on, on Facebook, and it was this list of things I'm thankful for. And it was like, I'm thankful for dishes to do because it means that we've been eating. You know, and I'm thankful for laundry because it means we have clothes to wear. And, and it went on and on like that. And that's how we are supposed to live our lives, giving joyful thanks in everything to God. Saying, God, I trust you. God, I know that it's not because I worked so hard and I did all these impressive things that these good things are happening to me. I know that it's your grace, it's your goodness, it's your love, and I thank you. And so if you are living a life of thankfulness to God, you are fulfilling your purpose. Amen. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul kind of culminates this argument that he's making. He says in chapter 3, verse 17, And whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do. And so what is our purpose? What, Mark, are you going to actually answer this question? Yes, our purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. All right? And we glorify him by bearing fruit in every good work, by growing in the knowledge of God, by being strengthened with all power, and by giving joyful thanks to the Father. And we can do this. We can do these things in any situation, at any time, anywhere. We can fulfill our purpose. It's not about finding the, the one thing that God wants us to do. Right? And in a very real way, God doesn't care what you do within certain moral and ethical boundaries that are very clear in Scripture. He doesn't care who you marry. He doesn't care where you go to school or where you live. But he says, in whatever you do, in whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and you will be fulfilling your purpose. And so we know that if we're living this life that's worthy of the Lord, it sets us free to follow the desires and the passions that God has put in you. All right? And so if you are in a job you hate, you're not out of God's will. You can be pleasing to God right there. But if God has put a desire, a passion in your heart to go do something else, then you should make steps to go do something else. And you know that you will still be in God's perfect plan. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you. God, we thank you that you do have a perfect plan for us. God, and that it's not hidden and it's not mysterious, it's not hard to step into, God. But I pray that each one of us, God, would be set free from any lies of the enemy that says that we need to figure out that one perfect thing or else we've missed the boat. God, I just pray for freedom over every person here, God, that they would make decisions that are centered around you, God, as they plan their life, as they pursue their spouse, as they pursue school, as they pursue a career, that they would invite you into every aspect of that, of that 
of that journey, Father. We thank you, God, that you are a good, good Father. And help us all to bear fruit wherever we are, to grow in the knowledge of you. Let us be strengthened with all of your power so that we can endure. And let us give joyful thanks to you, because you are worthy. In your name we pray. Amen.